to the second episode for the podcast for the High Altitude Training Institute. Last week we talked about the importance of weekly mileage and we really want to thank you all for the great feedback that we received. This was our first podcast and I think it went very well. We learned a lot uh, from the uh, from the standpoint of making a podcast but also from the standpoint of uh, talking to each other and uh, we had all a really good time. So we're back this week uh, with the same team. We have Tom and John uh, joining us again today and the topic today is something that I'm sure a lot of you have encountered in the past which is getting stuck hitting a plateau or just not really feeling motivated to run and that happens to everyone so we'll give you a bunch of tips today about how you can refocus your goal and get going again into running we've identified four different areas that are very very important we think when you get uh, unmotivated the first one is uh, obviously just losing motivation pure and simple how do you get out of that the second one is getting into overtraining and again how do you get out of that and make sure that you don't get injured and the third one is following the wrong training plan and that happens some people just go too fast or whatever it is we'll talk about that and finally the last one is somebody has made a lot of progress and then and all of a sudden, they're hitting a plateau. How are you going to get out of this? So let's get going. Uh, John is here. Tom is here. Hi, guys. How are you guys doing? Good. This is uh, John Davis from sunny Vieira, Florida, and uh, glad to be here tonight chatting with you guys. And this is uh, Tom from uh, the now chilly Denver. Happy to be here. Very cool. All right, guys. Um, well, let's get going. Uh, let's talk about losing motivation. Uh, John, I think you have some ideas uh, and, and can help some of our listeners talking about how we lose motivation and how to get it back up. So it's all yours. Yeah, this is something that, you know, if, if you're in the running community for, for long enough, you see a lot of it. Um, and, and I've seen it uh, as a coach and just also just someone that's been around the running community and uh, interacting with other runners. And it's easy to get yourself uh, into a rut and start to lose motivation. And I think to kind of look a little bit deeper uh, into, you know, how to stay motivated and just some tips on uh, getting yourself back motivated if you've gotten yourself uh, out of a good routine uh, is certainly worth worth talking about. Um, w- one of the interesting things about motivation is that there there's really kind of two different categories of motivation. There's intrinsic and extrinsic. Basically, in uh, you know, meaning one's coming from within and one's coming from some kind of external force. And a lot of times that's people, but that can also be things like, uh, you know, praise or uh, awards that you might get, things things along that uh, nature. And, and the, the thing is, people aren't universally motivated by the same thing. Uh, some people are really motivated by intrinsic factors, others are extrinsic, and others are a combination, you know, of both. And so I think it's important for you to try to figure out which one motivates you. Even if you're really motivated and just, you know, on fire uh, for running right now, it's a good idea to understand what's going on in your psyche and what's getting you to be on fire so that you're able to stay there. Uh, you know, r- running is absolutely a lifestyle. It's not just a sport or a hobby. I mean, it has so many positive aspects on all of your life. Staying motivated is is huge. So I'll talk about a couple of these. Uh, in terms of extrinsic motivation, I think it's a good motivator for a lot of people. And, and the best ways, in my opinion, to do this are get yourself involved in a running group. That might be a like track group where you meet for workouts a couple times a week. That's a very good way to do it because that gives you a specific time that you have to be there. Um, you'll end up rearranging your schedule to make sure that you're available at those times. I mean, I'd say that's the number one way. If you really want to get faster, you want to stay motivated, 
join some kind of track group, some kind of, a lot of times this might be a local coach that runs it. Sometimes it's just some people that are getting together, you know, however it works in your community, get involved. Uh, that, that is really one of the best, uh, one of the best ways. And, you know, if you don't have something organized like that, sometimes just a running group on specific days, you know, you go out and maybe it's a workout, maybe it's not, maybe it's just a, you know, a long run on Sundays or a, a easy run on a specific day or fun runs that go on lots of different ways to do it. So find yourself a running group. I think that's uh, that's a really good extrinsic motivator. If that's the type of uh, motivation that, you know, that fuels you. And, and I, I think it's funny because uh, you and Tom, that's how you found each other is running on a group in Orlando, right? It absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then you and I, uh, John and I, we we met uh, through a running group as well. And I run Tom through uh, met Tom through you through a running group. So uh, definitely find people that are like minded and in a great way to get motivated. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a powerful one. Um, and that's funny that now we're looking back and realizing that's actually how all of us met each other. Um, I, I think beyond the big running group. Obviously, when you join a track group or even just a, a running group for a fun run, everybody's not the same pace. Uh, you know, everybody's not going to be running uh, particularly workouts at the same pace. So at some point, I think it's important that you find a, an even smaller core group. And, and a lot of times, I mean, for, for me, most of my running uh, career has, has been with just one person. That person has changed over the years. But over the years, there's, there's typically been one specific person that we were running races at about the same pace. It was someone that could put me in workouts. It was someone that I could do my long runs with. And if there was some speed work in the, in the long run or, or just even just the, the pace of, <clears throat> of everyday runs, it was good for me to have that, you know, just an individual person. And that also made me accountable, uh, you know, beyond just going out and, and trying to run on my own. It made me accountable to be at specific locations. We'd plan for runs. And then somebody said, hey, we're going to meet at 6 a.m. You'd drag your butt out of bed and you'd be there at 6 a.m. because you're not going to leave your, you know, your buddy. Uh, standing out there by himself waiting for you. Tom had a really good uh, word for that. I don't think he made it up, but uh, Tom, do you remember what that word is? Oh, you need to find an, an accountability buddy. I can't, I can't even say it, but yeah, I think that's a great, uh, that's a great word. So I, I agree. I think this is, uh, this is a, a great way to, to get motivated again. Tom, did you have any, uh, anything to help with uh, losing motivation? Um, well, yeah, it's really interesting that, um, you know, John would talk so much about finding a running group and how huge that is for, for your motivation to, to get out and train hard. Because, you know, I'm in a situation here where I recently lost my training group having moved to a new city where I don't know anybody. I, I don't know the environment. So I don't think I realized until, you know, I was completely on my own how much you know, meeting John for, for even an easy run or a track workout would, would motivate me to get out there and be ready to work hard. Because, you know, when, when you're on your own, sometimes it's, it's very easy to say, oh, well, maybe I'll, I'll push that hard work off, off until tomorrow or, you know, I can do that workout another time. So, you know, I've kind of had to find some new ways to motivate myself out here. And one of those ways is just finding new routes to run on. Um, you know, it could be as, as silly as recently I went and ran circles around Mile High Stadium while the, the Broncos were playing and listened to the, the crowd cheer. You know, whatever, whatever you can do to, to find a way to get yourself out the door. Um, another thing I've started doing recently is uh, trail running. I'm lucky enough to, to work in an office where we have a, 
an extensive trail network right out the back door. So, you know, my motivation each day lately is to get out and see what new combinations of trails I can run and, you know, how much I can climb on a given day. And, you know, maybe I may not feel like going to the track and running mile repeats by myself, but I can say, you know, I'll run this section of single track real hard, you know, a few times uh, to get my workout in instead of, you know, going to the track and thinking about how much I miss my old training buddies and how much I wish I had a group there to work out with. So it sounds like extrinsic motivators are definitely what works for Tom. You mentioned the training group and the cheering of a crowd, enjoying nature on a trail. There's some other extrinsic motivators, things like winning a race award, particularly in the area that uh, that I live in. There's there's a, a lot of races, a lot of road races, and then there's also some series races that, we, uh, that, that a lot of us around here in the running community do. Those really keep me motivated for long periods of time because you can't have a short burst of good races. You, you have to be consistent for the entire season. And that does really require you to keep your motivation high for an entire for an entire season. So for the motivators that we've talked about so far, I've been extrinsic motivators, uh, but there's also intrinsic motivators, things that uh, obviously would come from within. Typically for most runners, that's, that's going to be a time goal of some kind, usually a PR. For me personally, I remember there was a period where I had plateaued. At the time, my focus was the 5K. That was really the race distance that I wanted to wanted to focus on and really wanted to PR at. I know a lot of people now that everything seems to be the marathon and the half marathon, but mostly the marathon. But at the time for me, I was really focused in on the 5K. And I had plateaued and I hit a point where I had four races with literally the identical time. I ran 16.56 four times. It wasn't in a row, but it was four races over, over, over that period. And I just couldn't seem to break through. And so what I used were some intrinsic motivators to, to help me try to get past that. One of the things that I did is I would write on a, on a sticky note or a piece of paper, 1645. That was the goal. I wanted to, I wanted to get past 1656. And so I wrote that on sticky notes and I put one up at work so that if I glanced over from my, from my computer, I would see it. I put one on my bathroom mirror so that I would see it when it, you know, anytime that I was in the bathroom, that kind of thing. And it helped me and it would help me at odd times. Sometimes I'd be in the middle of a workout and I'm sure you've all been there. You're in a workout and you're supposed to do whatever, six repeats, six mile repeats or something. And you start thinking to yourself, ah, I didn't get much sleep last night. I didn't eat right. And you start convincing yourself that the right thing to do is to shorten your workout or somehow modify your workout. And sometimes that's okay. Sometimes you do need to do that. But in general, finishing it's going to be better, right? And so those were times when I would think about that time goal and re- remind myself, dang, I've been plateaued for you know a year and a half, two years. I forget how long it was, but it was something along those lines. I've been plateaued for all this time. I got to push. I, I have to. Or I'm going to be stuck here forever. I'm, you know, my times are never going to get faster if I don't push myself beyond this plateau that I'm at. And it did. It, it helped. And I really credit finishing quite a few workouts, particularly workouts that I had to do on my own. I credit finishing them with the fact that I had that in my mind. I had a goal uh, that I was very focused on, that I was spending a lot of time thinking about. And that turned out to be a very powerful intrinsic motivator for me. The other thing that I've seen over and over again with motivation, not not with myself so much, but just in general with the running community and different people that I've known is I think there's a snowball effect to it. Uh, at the beginning, I think it's difficult. It's tough to get going. People that start running in the summertime especially tr- uh, struggle with that in Florida because it's so hot and uh, you know each run can be a drag. But once you get started, 
it becomes easier and easier to follow through. And whatever your motivator is, if it's extrinsic, maybe it's that group that comes out. If it's intrinsic, maybe it's that time goal that you're thinking about. But it snowballs. It starts off and it's difficult. And once you get going and you get yourself back in the groove and you really make running a lifestyle and not just a hobby, it becomes very, very easy, in my opinion, to, to, to stick with it and to stay motivated and to keep things going. Yep, I agree with that. And to kind of add on what Tom was saying about mixing it up, running trails, most definitely a great idea. I will I will emphasize on that. I run probably about 95% of my uh, easy runs on the trails and some of them on the road, but uh, I think it's a great way to just escape and, and not even think about your pace, just getting out there. Another thing that I've been starting doing, uh, although I have a million miles of trails available for, uh, for running, I like doing the route backwards. So if you go actually run in the other direction, the trail looks completely different. And, and I did that when I lived in Florida. Uh, we, we had one trail where we ran a lot, and once in a while I would just go backwards, and it's a new trail. It just looks completely different, and you get to see different things. And so that's just a little tip. Go out there and just do your same route, but do it a different way, the, the, uh, the opposite way. And then another thing I did recently as well, because I left you guys as well, and I'm here by myself training mostly, um, I got a running dog. And so if you have the room and, and, and if you can do that, I went to the, um, the Humane Society and got a running dog, and her name is Penny, and I, I run three or four times a week with her, and it's a great companion. So kind of helps me. That, that's my running group. She motivates me. I look at her, and she's like, hey, let's go for a run. So we go and do that. In terms of uh, another tip, I think, for if you're losing motivation is uh, maybe forget about your pace. Maybe go out for a run without your watch one day and just... and. And that's what I do when I go run in the trails. I kind of go for an easy run. It's all based on feel. I don't really care about my pace. Sometimes it's 10-minute mile. Sometimes it's 12-minute mile. And, and sometimes it's 8. It doesn't really matter. It, I kind of forget about it. I'm out there to enjoy it, to build mileage, and build my easy run. So uh, I think, John, you have a funny story about forgetting your watch. It is, yeah. I mean, Greg's mentioning it uh, for for an easy run, which is fantastic, uh, you know, because I think we tend to get so wrapped up in pace, it's easy to get uh, completely absorbed. So, you know, I, I think his advice is very relatable. Um, my particular case happened, uh, it was on race day, and I had been... Um, I'd been in a plateau for at least six months or so. And at the time I was trying to break, uh, it was 19 minutes. My PR was, was 1908 and I'd just been really struggling. Um, I did, you know, I'd been killing workouts. All my workouts were showing that I could run faster, but you know, it was one of those things where I'd take off and at the half mile, you know, at, at the latest, I'd be looking down at my watch and I'd be saying, Oh, you know, my pace is too fast or too slow. And I was just obsessed with what the pace, you know, with what my watch was saying on the pace. And there was a, there, there was a race that I went to, um, and just completely didn't bring the watch d didn't have it at all. Um, it showed up on the start line, took off and it was a race that I didn't know a lot of the other runners, uh, that were in it. And I just took off and I didn't see a clock until I got to the two mile and realized it was a two mile PR for me, which was kind of scary. But, uh, at the time 
I had another one of those motivators pop up, which for me is an extrinsic motivator. Um, I am a fierce competitor and, you know, really enjoy the competition. And somebody yelled out from the crowd that I was in third place. And being a, you know, 19 minute guy, I'd never been anywhere near, you know, third place overall in in a race before. And having someone yell that out to me and also realizing that, wow, I just set a two mile PR. It, it was just a, it, it was a, it was a running high. It was, it was unbelievable. And so I was able to, you know, finish at that same pace. And I dropped from 1908 and ran 1758 and ended up third in the, in the race. So I completely skipped the 18s on a day when I just didn't even have my GPS with me. So sometimes if you're, if you're too obsessed with the pace, it's something to think about. Uh, you know, I mean, if it, it could actually be a stumbling block for you and something that m- might help you not stress about it as much, maybe enjoy your run more. Um, but also it could even be a performance game. You never know. Yeah. I, I, that's a great story. I'd actually never heard you say that one. That's uh, that, that's really cool. Um, another thing that I think can be helping with you losing motivation would be to uh, cross train. And uh, somebody actually posted a comment on, uh, on the last podcast and I do a little bit of cross training. I, I do some mountain biking. I try once a week. Right now, it's been harder for me, but at least once a week, try to get out, and go on the mountain bike, and do something different. It works different muscles. It also kind of gets you out of running if you're getting sick of it. And uh, I don't really get sick of it that often with running, but it, it's just a good way to see something different. Maybe go a little further distance, uh, practice different skills. So I think cross training is good. I like swimming sometimes. I actually have used swimming in the past where I couldn't run because I was injured, but. I could actually swim. So um, that's a topic for a different podcast. But And then another thing too, uh, to keep in mind, and that's straight from the Jack Daniels book, which is that training should be rewarding. And you, you've got to understand that each of the workouts that you're doing has a purpose. And before you do a workout, before you go out there, and that's true of, of any kind of workout, know why you're doing this workout. And sometimes we go out there and, and we have a workout that we can't finish because it was too hard, because we're not in in, in uh, not rested or whatever it is, whatever the reason is. But whatever you've done is progress because you've done enough that um, you get something out of it. So keep that in mind. If you have a bad day, if you have a bad workout, well, guess what? You've done something. Take it to the bank. That's what I like to tell myself. After a good run or even a bad run, I say, you know what? I'll take that to the bank. And it's still speed. It's still something that I've done. So um, I think it's, it's very important to keep it rewarding. On the reward side as well, maybe you had a bad day. Have a piece of chocolate. It's a, that what makes you happy. I, I did that actually a couple of days ago, just came home and I was like, you know, I'm just going to reward myself. Have a beer or whatever it is. Something to reward yourself for having a good workout. Keep the motivation going. And I think we have one more topic. John, you want to go ahead and talk about that one? Yeah, so uh, another... Uh another thing that motivates a lot of people is just having a race on the calendar. Um, and, and I mean, I think it's a good idea to pick one that's far enough out that, you know, you can have a, uh, you know, plenty of time to train for it, but not enough time to lose interest. Um, some of these races you have to sign up for a year in advance. I think that's too much. I mean, if you're somebody that's running all the time and you're not having motivation issues, fantastic, sign up for it. But if it's something where you're, you're having some motivation issues and you're starting from a little break that you took, 
I would pick one that's a few months out. If it's based on the on the distance, obviously, if it's a 5K, it might only need to be a month or two. If it's a marathon, it might need to be more. You know, you use your own judgment there. But if, if you just sign up for a race, and, and what I like to do for a race, pretty much for any race that I run, is I like to kind of think about a couple different goals that, that would be okay for that race. For some people, uh, particularly for the longer races, it might just be finishing. You know, it doesn't have to be some outstanding time. It, it might just be, hey, I'm going to finish my first marathon or, you know, I've been on a break and I got myself out of shape. I'm going to finish, you know, I'm going to finish a marathon. Maybe it's just finishing. In other cases, I think it's important to have a couple different goals time-wise if you're somebody that's, that's motivated by that. And for me, I will almost always have a sunny day scenario. This is best case what I want to, you know, what I'm, what I think I can run if I have the day of my life. And I like to have that in mind because if, you know, if I wake up and, show up on the on the start line and I feel great and the weather's great and everything looks like it's going to be a great day. I want to have a goal that I that I'm ready to go for. I want to know what pace I should be hitting and and I want to have an idea of how I'm going to execute this race in order for, you know, to enable myself to have that race of a lifetime. Um, but a lot of times that's not going to happen. And maybe you get to mile one and say, mm, it's not as good as I thought it was going to be. And you back it off a little bit. Um, and so I always have a secondary goal. You know, my, my, I always have some second, second goal that's basically something along the lines of, okay, I will be happy if I run this. It is, a, you know, as Greg was saying a minute ago, it, it was a positive day. I had a good race, but maybe it's not whatever the PR you were going for. Maybe it's not the exact time, you know, wasn't, wasn't your sunny day scenario, but you have something that'll still make you happy at the end of the day. And then I think thirdly, you should always say, I, I, I want to be able to finish. And, and sometimes, you know, the wheels are going to fall apart. Things are going to go horrible. I remember a race that I ran in Tampa, Gasparilla, and it was just a, a rain windstorm. And I'm somebody that really struggles in wind. It was a horrible, horrible wind. And it turned into nothing more than a long run for me. And I was, you know, for a while, I was kind of depressed about it, but I finished, I went through the finish line and, you know, lots of people cheering. And I finally got myself into a mental state where I said, you know what? I stuck it out and I finished the race. And, and sometimes that's just the motivator, you know, that you need. So I think getting a race on the calendar and having a few goals for it, um, it, it is a good idea and something that'll keep you thinking about workouts and easy runs and keeping your mileage up and being on a training plan. I think that's a, a good thing to, to have out there. You know, John, I think your uh, last anecdote there about uh, Gasparilla kind of makes me think of another way you could look at a race as a motivator is maybe even as part of your training on the way to your goal race. Um, say you have a hard workout scheduled that's anywhere from 10 to 12 miles. Why not uh, find a half marathon and, and sign up and do the workout with a bunch of other people and you know have that motivation of trying to hang with uh, a, a group in that race? Um, and that was actually something that, that happened to me recently out here was you know, I was sitting around on a, a Saturday afternoon and I knew I had a log run the next day and I was facing it by myself and I was kind of dreading it. So I just grabbed my computer, typed half marathons in in Denver and found one in the mountains on a trail, no less, about an hour and a half away. So I went, signed up for the race, ran it, just kind of figuring I would do a long run, see some pretty scenery. And then Lo and behold, you know, a few miles in, I find myself in second place and, you know, with footsteps behind me. So it all of a sudden turned into a, a fantastic workout for me and a, a great experience that, you know, I wouldn't have. And, you know, ended up being a motivator for me to, to keep getting out and running trails, thinking that, you know, maybe I might have a, a certain aptitude for it. 
So that's, you know, another way you could uh, look at a race as motivation. That's a great yeah, that's a great story, Tom, and that, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, sometimes you show up for a workout and, and motivation difficulties help to come by, and I can imagine that uh, being there with a the race crowd, that's got to make life a lot easier. So, yeah, that's a, that's, a, that's a great point and an interesting uh, idea. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. That, that was a really good anecdote. So this concludes the first part of this podcast. We actually will be coming back next week to talk about the rest of the topic, which is uh, overtraining, uh, following the wrong training plan, and also what Jack Daniels calls the principle of diminishing return, which is the further you get into your fitness, the harder it is to get good results, and the harder it's going to be to get to that stage. I want to thank you for listening to us tonight. Don't forget to follow us on iTunes or on SoundCloud. The links are available in the description. Also, let us know what topics you want to hear. We want to hear from you. We want to talk about topics that are of interest to you. Also, stay tuned. We have an announcement coming up on November 1st. I think you guys will like it. And uh, thanks for listening. Remember to visit uh, our website at www.altitude.run. And again, next week, we'll talk about part two of this uh, amazing topic. I want to thank everyone for listening and see you next week. Mm -hmm.